0: The Dow up 128 as oil crosses $41. Good morning. This is the Power and Market Report for Tuesday, April 12. Thanks for joining me today. Well, uh, Dow Jones up, like I said, uh, over 128. We're up 0.7% and uh, the S&P likewise up 13 and a half. That's 0.7% overnight. Uh, Mixed results in Asia with, uh, I guess, Shanghai uh, bucking the trend up there. They were down. 9.43, 9.43, that's 0.3%. Nikkei, HSI, and ASX all up between half a percent and 1%. And then uh, I guess the big news is oil up 76 cents to 41.12, that's up almost 2%. Gold down $2.80, and silver uh, down just slightly. So um, really choppy market over the last week since I last spoke with you. Uh, A lot of choppiness in the market and seems like this is a market that just can't find its legs. Every time uh, it seems to be kind of gathering itself something bad happens and of course recently we had more turmoil erupting in Greece regarding the the bailout and and the payment of their obligations and this should not be a surprise. Of course whenever they negotiate a new round of funding to get them through uh, whatever their their present most urgent obligations are, everyone cheers and assumes that the problems are over. But those bailouts, those those payments, always come with conditions, and everyone's fine when the money is dispensed. But when it actually comes time to act on whatever austerity measures or changes, reform that's required by the government. (laughs) That's when everyone takes a step back and says, I don't know if we can do this. Maybe we should uh, think once again about exiting the euro. So now those talks started again, got everyone riled up. And it looks like uh, that's probably just going to continue. So now this summer we have, of course, the Brexit referendum, which is really just uh, uh, affecting the the, um, pound sterling. Uh, a lot and uh, to the point where I, it seems like they're almost pricing in the worst and then on top of that we're going to have Brexit so we're going to have to keep watching that I think there's going to be a lot of volatility uh, in in the months to come. Uh, I have a segment I want to call the anatomy of a permable. I was watching CNBC last week and um, you know it's funny anytime there's distress in the markets kind of choppiness. They bring on the same cast of characters to sort of soothe the markets, so the viewers just um, calm them down. For instance, uh, you know, Mario uh, Gabelli is a favorite. He comes in, he's got obviously tons of credibility. He's a reasonable guy, comes in and basically with this message of just, you know, steady as she goes, don't panic, buy good companies, hold them for the long term, you know, great value guy. I actually really like him. So they'll come, there's a couple others that will come on some economists uh, with really nothing much to add, in my, my opinion. But uh, when things are really bad, they like to bring on Thomas Lee. He used to be on J.P. Morgan, uh, was on with J.P. Morgan, now is, is with another firm. But he is the, in my opinion, the ultimate permable. So I have this clip uh, from CNBC. Let's just take a look at that right here.
1: You have to be worried when you see, you know, negative rates and the yen rallying and European banks suffering and European credit widening. But, uh, you know, as a US-focused strategist, you know, a lot of times these are just creating by the dip opportunities. You know, I think that's really been the tough thing for investors to really appreciate is that as bad as the environment's been since mid 2015 to February, it's really looking like the old bull market, not a bear market. So, so you think that the fundamental economy is strong enough to be buying at the moment? Yes. I mean, I'd say, look, if you had to trust one indicator, it's jobless claims that's been strong. But look at the ISMs for all the U.S. regions that's been strong. Um, I think earnings, look, it's not a surprise we're having an earnings recession because the dollar was up 20 percent year over year. But that earnings recession should end as oil is flattening and dollars weakening. Buy the dip hasn't exactly worked as well this year as it has over the past few years of the bull market. Yeah. I mean, people have also made money so-called selling the rip as well. So is it just, you just think it's a lot of international noise? Is that why this comes in? We're just at a crossroads. I mean, the bull market, seven years, expansion, seven years. I think um, volatility had been low. And so I think investors are at a crossroads. They're like, look, you know, should I be thinking more about owning cash? Um, You know, one of the strategies we've been recommending investors do is focus less on sectors and really think about this more through the lens of styles. You know, so one of the things we've recommended is, is something called stocks of the new bonds. You know, about a fifth of the S&P has a dividend yield above their own bond yield. So by I mean, the dividend payers. Yeah, but this is, you know, this is Cisco, IBM, Qualcomm, it's Xilinx. I mean, there's so many companies now. What it shows you is there's essentially a yield yield parity strategy, right? You know, like the idea that, look, it's the same credit risk, why are you getting paid 100 basis points more to buy the stock than the bond? You you mentioned, uh, you know, earnings recession and and some reasons why it's perhaps not as bad as it seems. Obviously, earnings kicking off next week. Is is this a really crucial earnings season? And you said it's a possible time to buy the dips. Do you buy before
0: earnings or do you wanna wait and follow (laughs) up afterwards? Um. Okay, so that's uh, Tom Lee and uh, I really enjoy that clip because um, you know I'm accusing him of being a permable uh, you could accuse me of being a perma bear I've been bearish for a while certainly since 2008 and before of course people who have reasons to take the positions they do so I feel like I have good reason to be bearish and I'm sure Mr. Lee has uh, his reasons for being bullish but as a check uh, because I think we have to check ourselves once in a while and my check would be if I was floating ideas, bearish ideas, and someone who is, I guess, epitomizes uh, the perma-bear. So who would that be? There's lots of guys out there that are, that are bearish. You see them on, on TV a lot, um, and I don't want to pick on any one in particular. But if I floated my idea to that person and he said, whoa, well, I don't buy that. That would be a signal to me that, you know, maybe my opinion has been skewed a little bit to the extreme. And so on the bullish side, well, who is that check? That check would be the media in my opinion, CNBC in this case, because they tend to always, uh, you know, the glass is always half full or all full, even if it's clearly half empty. So uh, when he has trouble convincing the the host, that's when my eyes opened up. He says, look, this is a buy the dip opportunity. Sarah Eisen there is on, on the right. She says, well, I don't know. She's clearly not buying it. Clearly not buying. She's saying, "What sell the rip?" I guess is what she said. Um, th- <laughs> your strategy is clearly not working. They are clearly not buying it, and uh, they're less than enthusiastic. Even though they want to believe it, like a like an 18-year-old trying to still believe in Santa Claus, they're trying their hardest to believe what this guy's selling, but they just can't. He says it looks like the old bull market. No, it doesn't. <laughs> Things are uh, totally different. Um, You know, the Fed is up against the wall here in terms of what they can do. Gold is starting to react. Uh, And then we have, basically, if you saw my interview with Rick Rule, we're like one or two quarters away from a disaster in junk debt. So, no, I mean, and and the other thing, okay, so buy the dip is not working. He says, look at jobless claims. That's what all these guys are saying, right? Because it's the only thing that they can look at that looks even half good. So he says, look at the jobless claims, Uh, but then, the latter part where he's saying uh, that now we have a yield parity strategy. And uh, so, because they're asking him for his tips, he says, look, buy stocks, buy dividend stocks. And I thought this was very interesting because right after this came out, this is when I interviewed Rick Rule, and uh, by the way, that was just a a wonderful interview. If you haven't watched it, I highly suggest you watch the entire thing. It's just full of gems. The guy is just, just handing over pure gold in that interview. And one of the things he says is, look at what's happened in junk debt. People have have gone out and taken a preference for a bad 8% yield over a good 7% yield. So for 100 basis points, they're they're willing to go way out on the risk curve. And of course, who put such a premium on 100 basis points? It's the Fed, right? By driving interest rates so low, they've created a situation where the market will basically hand over its mother 400 basis points and that's what's happening so that's the predicament we're in here tom lee comes and says the exact opposite he says look uh the market is saying why should i get paid 100 basis points more uh to own the stock that doesn't make sense it's the same balance sheet go out and buy the stock right and that is clearly the opposite of what we learned from rick rule right because he said in a a, a great quote he says look you call it junk debt but for any given balance sheet the debt is better even the even the most junior debt is superior to the common stock and so uh, now I know Tom must, Tom Lee must get this right he says why would someone choose bond over a stock uh, um, with that hundred basis basis point spread well for seniority obviously Uh, but if you think about it obviously he knows this I'm sure he's a smart guy he knows how this works however if you're a perma bear then your view is nothing can ever go wrong right so there's never going to be a default in opinion because you're a perma-bear, right? Why would any Why would any issuer ever default on a bond? So of course you're going to prefer the stock, you get to participate in the upside and get the yield. Uh, so I thought that was very interesting. And even in the face of probably the worst earnings uh, season we've had in over seven years, he is still bullish because he says All, none of this matters and we're looking now beyond this to 2017. Maybe he's right, but who's to say that that's going to be any better? Uh, Because that, you know, as Doug Casey says, we've been in the eye of the storm and we're coming out of the eye of the hurricane, right? Well, by next year, we're going to be back in the backside of it. So, sure, we may get through this period of dollar strength and the dollar will weaken toward the end of the year. But who knows what we're going to be dealing with at that point? Certainly, we're going to be dealing with some serious problems in junk debt. I just saw an article about Chesapeake and uh, they were able to uh, retain access to their credit line by basically pledging their entire balance sheet as collateral everything it's just um this that's the state uh and and their stocks are rallying on that but it just shows how, how desperate they are right uh, everything but the ceo's uh, house and car they had to pledge uh, to keep this credit going so so uh, anyway so obviously I disagree with with Tom Lee here but th- but this is a, a good example of uh, how a perma bear sees the world I want to end with uh, just a funny take on the meeting that took place last week you know that um, uh, Janet Yellen appeared with three prior Fed chairs at a meeting at, at a speaking engagement and the market was all over that. They're talking about how wonderful it's going to be to get this perspective from these old guys. And uh, it's just so funny. I mean, all three of the guys don't even matter. Their opinion means nothing at this point. And the the fourth person, Yellen, is not going to say anything she hasn't said before. The comments are going to be very measured and calculated. And you just, the thing has no value. Except if, if you're a Fed worshiper, you know, and and you and you just love the institution and these guys. This is this must be a wonderful time for you. This is like, you know, like the the Brady Bunch reunion for people who grew up watching the Brady Bunch or the Dukes of Hazard or The Odd Couple or Happy Days. You know, it must be must be very sentimental to them. You know, it could kind of do a Where are they now? What happened to these guys? <laughs> um, get some behind the scenes, you know, maybe, maybe Yellen had a big crush on Greenspan when she, when she, in her younger days, who knows, but this is, this is kinda of silly the way that they fawn over these people. Of course, I'm sure nothing came of it, they didn't say anything useful and, uh, you know what I wish would happen though, I think, of the four of them, Volker's the only one who deserves any real credit and I don't know the circumstances under which, uh, he decided to do what he did, It could have been just entirely political, but, um, he should, have, he should have sat the other three down and lectured them, and that would have been interesting. Like, like the way, if you grew up watching uh, Gilligan's Island, the way the skipper would take off his hat and hit Gilligan in the head. I wish he would do that to these, to sit them down and, and uh, teach them something uh, about uh, what, what, uh, what, is, what did Bernanke called, the courage to print or something. Uh, you know, how about the courage to tighten and do the right thing. Anyway. But if they really wanted to have an interesting reunion, what they should do is they should have a Jekyll Island reunion. They can invite not just the Fed people, but all the people from these big banks and they get together and have a big party and look at all the progress they've made from the time where there was no central bank to the time now where central banks rule the world. That would be something. Of course, uh, I can only dream about that. Anyway, (laughs) that's my update for today. Please check out that Rick Rule interview. You're going to love it. And uh, stay tuned for more commentary. Until next time, take care. Uh, These blow-ups, I hate to say it perversely,
1: but they amuse me. they are studies in human nature. Uh, People almost always get what they have coming to them. Occasionally, they get it good and hard. That's going to happen in the general junk debt market. The resource debt market interests me uh, both because of its potential to punish me, but more importantly now because of its potential to reward me.